I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Google will soon start deleting visits to potentially sensitive locations like domestic violence shelters from users' location histories. Search history, however, still remains. Scammers are using deep fakes to interview and get hired at remote jobs for nefarious reasons. We ponder if this tech for some folks could be used to get by gatekeepers in efforts to really get hired. A robocall loophole, which allowed smaller telecom companies to get by stir shaking regulations, has been closed. And the FCC again calls for Apple and Google to remove TikTok from their respective app stores. This sparks a great conversation around things creators can do to monetize their content without being completely beholden to social media companies. We've got all this and more in episode 42 of The Tech John. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm your host, Rob Dunwood. Coming out of Philly is your girl, Tech Life Steph. And of Atlanta, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech, a.k.a. Uh, happy day off from work for some, happy uh, barbecue day for others, and then happy fourth for the rest. <laughs> well said. Well said. Well said. Uh, <laughs> for whoever celebrates. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So how y'all going on? You know, we, we are, we're doing a show on the 4th of July. I appreciate y'all for accommodating me because I'm getting my cook on cookout on later this afternoon into this evening. So we, uh, pushed everything, uh, up by seven hours. So it's not early, but it's early for us. It's early. I just got an <laughs> invite to a cookout as well. So I may or may not be heading there, but, um, I do got to get out and run some errands yeah. uh, in a little bit, try to get some stuff together. So uh-huh. before we get into the tech, Tech Life Steph, you had a new show come out last week and you ain't tell nobody. I'm just I'm just doing my thing, looking at Twitter, looking at YouTube. And it's like, is that is that Stephanie Humphrey out in front of the, you know, uh, of the, you know, not the monument. The White but House? It's, 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 yeah, you, you, you was out in D.C. The doing White stuff. House? You oh, even no, told us she was in D.C. You, you did a show from D.C. You didn't tell us what you was there for. Well, look, like how you go hard out, hot on your boys like that. Look, I know what time it is. You don't say nothing until it shows up on TV. Until it drops. That's what I'm saying. Because anything could happen. Something could get bumped. Something could get cut. Something could get dropped. Like I didn't even know that it was coming out at the time. Like, um, uh, Roland Martin saw my TEDx, and and my TEDx is largely about transitioning careers, pivoting, if you will, from you know the pivot I did from engineering into media, um, and it was helping other people 
do the same thing, especially people in traditional tech careers. But I think it pretty much applies universally um, across the board to anybody that got a job and wants a different job. Um, and he just kind of got excited and was like, you know, I get this question all the time. People are always asking me, how can I switch? What can I do? Do you have any advice? And he was like, you know, you you put it out there. So why don't we, you know, create some content around it? So um, the pivot with Stephanie Humphrey was born. And we what I did was take sort of all of the aspects of pivoting. So having a vision, having a mindset, fear, support, perseverance, resilience, all those different things. And each of those things is an episode. And then I talked to somebody, you know, either um, high up in that space or, or who has a unique story to that particular topic. We do an interview, but then, you know, the ins and outs, what, what you were seeing in the first episode was were the ins and outs that I recorded in DC. I don't think the any prior episodes will be done there, but um, we just wanted those first few episodes to look a little, you know, hey, we're in DC here, we're doing this, we're talking about pivoting, blah, 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 blah. Um, but I had no idea when it was actually going to come out. Um, I did my interviews, I had just shot all of those raps for like the first four episodes. Um, like last Monday. And so I didn't know his people were going to be able to get the intro together, turn the, turn an episode around that quickly. Shout out to his team because, um, they did that. And, um, and yeah, it, it's out now. So I, 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 I think every week will be a new episode. Last week was vision and mindset. Um, this week, I believe, is uncertainty. So how to deal with imposter syndrome and not really sure if this is what you should be doing kind of deal. So yeah, uh, Black Star Network, you can download the app for free or, you know, just check out the YouTube channel to, to check out the pivot. So yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, happy for you. Glad that, that it's out there and, uh, you want to celebrate all the stuff that any of us, you know, are doing outside of this show. So, you know, so that's kind of awesome. And, uh, it's, it, it's the holiday season. So it's, it's been a slow tech week. Um, there's not a whole lot going on, but we're going to go ahead and jump into some tech stories. Um, and the first one is just a, you know, I guess a continuation of just what's going on. I mean, the, the biggest news uh, in America uh, this summer is, uh, you know, uh, roll falling um, in the Supreme Court. Uh, so there's a lot of tech stuff that's related to it. We talked about some of that last week. But this one I thought, you know, this story I thought was really interesting because Google, um, what they're doing is they're, they're going to start deleting, um, you know, visits to abortion clinics, domestic violence shelters, uh, weight loss clinics, and other potentially sensitive locations from users' location data. So they're saying it doesn't matter if it's an abortion clinic, doesn't matter if it's, you know, a, a medical facility. We are not going to keep that data. Uh, we, we don't want to use it. And I just thought that that was really interesting to see how these big tech companies are responding specifically to, uh, you know, this court ruling, but also there is, it looks like they're actually starting to think about, um, how they keep your data a little differently because all data ain't necessarily good data, uh, based off of, uh, you know, how they might be potentially, uh, subpoena for it or might even be sued for depending on what state you're in. So, so I wanted to get you guys to take on that. So the question is, <laughs> Is Google doing this because they care about their users data and they care about their privacy and they want to make sure that no users <laughs> can uh, have their data used against them in the court of law? <laughs> or is it B, 
we ain't trying to get sued. So it's better. We don't have the data at all. Just don't even have it versus so having it and then mm-hmm. having the government or the feds or whomever come and get it. And then we give it over. And then as a result of that, we get this weird, we get this negative press for being uh, snitches, <laughs> for lack of a better term. <laughs> right. We're we going to just keep it 100 right here. It's all yeah. in that, my opinion. It's all in I, I think I it's a little bit of that. I mean, I know there were a couple um, senators or maybe representatives. There were a couple of politicians in, in D.C. that that called Google and Apple out specifically and asked them to start really looking at some of their data policies and seeing where they can, you know, do a little zig or zag or whatever. Um, so this could be in response to that as well, just trying to gain some social capital with the folks in D.C. I think it has a lot to do with that as well, covering CYA, basically, they covering mm-hmm. their own butts. So, like, we didn't even, we never had the data in the first place, so we can't be held liable for, for what it is. Um, I thought it was interesting that um, search histories will remain on file indefinitely because, you know, currently that is the data that's actually been used to prosecute and convict women um, around buying abortion pills or visiting abortion clinics. It's been the search history, not necessarily the location data. I mean, this is a start, obviously, because I think as prosecutors in these these red states get more sophisticated and learn that there's more data that they have access to, they will take advantage of that. But um, we still got to do something about them search histories, too. Mm-hmm. You know, my gut tells me, why are they looking at um, location data right now? That's probably not where they're making most of their money. Search, mm-hmm. as you said, that that is where Google makes its money. When you search mm-hmm. for stuff, that is putting nickels and dimes and dollars into their bank account. So, as, as I said, I think, you know, Terrence, you know, just to, you know, reiterate, you know, what the question you asked, I think it is some of all of that is Google saying we really need to do this because this is what's best for our consumers. I don't know that it, the decision happens like that. It's like, has a company this ever is happening. done that? <laughs> has there, any company ever done what's best for their consumers? There may be some because it was that the do right that. thing to do. Like, you know, there, there may be, there may be companies out there that are really, in tune with their customers like that and they do that. I don't want to say that there's no company, but let's just talk about most companies. And I think we're going to put Google into, into most companies. Somebody is sitting there thinking it's like, wow, this is what's happening to our consumers. Um, what can we do? What can we do that don't also uh, mess with our bottom line? If it don't mess exactly. with our bottom line, right? We want to appear sensitive and right. appear as though we if care. It, if we mess with our bottom line, then it's complicated, right? <laughs> well, because they so, made the point in in one of the articles that the the data that they're deleting is data that you know companies could buy or law enforcement or prosecutors could buy. In from a data broker in the open market anyway. So you deleting it, it doesn't necessarily mean that they mm. still don't have access to it. Um, also, um, they say deletion will happen soon after the visit. They don't say how soon. And because they can still be compelled to turn the data over via search warrant, if they haven't deleted it yet, they still have it on file to give it to police and prosecution anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a lot of little intricacies and, and loopholes in this whole thing. And it definitely feels more like, um, to your point, Terrence, optics uh, than anything else. So 
the fact that they can still be subpoenaed before the data because it's not instantaneous. It's like you mm-hmm. know they, they have to actually, oh, this is where you were. Let's go remove that out of the system. However long that right. takes, there is a time when it is in the system. Right. The other thing, too, you can't just see this news headline because this one made it across. It, you know, it, it wasn't just a text story. This made it across. It was on CNN. It was on MSNBC. It was on, you know, it was on everything, um, you know, when this headline came out. You can't rely on that. You still need to do things to protect yourself. Google shouldn't have to delete your location data because your location data shouldn't be in Google it when you're doing things where you don't want your location data to ultimately potentially be subpoenaed. Mm-hmm. Um, that That is how you have to start thinking about things. It's like the location data can never be there in the first place. You, you need to do everything you can do to keep your data out. And That's what right. I really liked about this, it wasn't just about, you know, one thing. It was about, you know, I don't want my location data if I'm going to maybe get like gastric bypass. I don't want my location out there if I'm going to get maybe a uh, plastic surgery, you know, any, any, get the BBLs. The default from the beginning with the <laughs> with domestic violence shelters. Like, absolutely. A- absolutely. With that, you know, you know. You do not want that information out there because it can be used if you know if you if you're being stalked like that and and we know that women and men um you know uh to, you know to a lesser extent this women. stuff happens. I'm just trying to be political. <laughs> Let's keep it hundred. Women, yeah, but yeah, on the women side, are getting they getting you know tracked and low jacked and this and that and the other. But I say that, but um, uh, I read a story. I don't know if we even talked about it on the show, but a couple of weeks ago, um, a woman. Uh, confronted her boyfriend in a bar and had an altercation because, of course, he was in the bar with his side piece. The bar kicks them, all three of them out. They continue to argue in the in the parking lot or on the street. The girlfriend gets in the car, runs the boyfriend over I multiple think I've times. Read that headline, yeah. And the reason how this all started was because she low jacked him, quote unquote, with, with the the air AirPod, with the mm-hmm. air tag. So mm-hmm. I, I say women get tracked, and I say women get young. It's uh, everybody, but it's everybody. Mm-hmm. If I'm keeping it on, it's everybody. <laughs> unfortunately, yeah. you got to be careful with those air tags uh, because, and like, I, I believe, uh, and Terrence, you may be able to talk better than this than I can, but I believe that there is a message that'll pop up on your phone. If yeah. there is an air tag that is it does near not you recognize. consistently, it doesn't recognize, it'll pop up and let you know. It's like, hey, here's something here. Yeah, yeah. I had a social um, media friend of mine um, who over the, I say over the past week, she was uh, traveling internationally and she got that notification to where the something is an un- unauthorized. I forget the actual term of how it goes, uh, but she, her phone and notified her that somebody had an AirPod in the area. She, of course, naturally flying overseas, international, freaked out, um, you know, just just based on her tweets. I haven't talked to her personally yet, but just based on her tweets, she tried to contact, let somebody on the airlines know they was kind of like, eh. she tried to let the airport know where she was at, uh, what was going on. They were kind of like they held her up for a couple hours, but ultimately they couldn't do nothing. It took for her. Right. It took for her to get to her hotel, rummage through all of her stuff. To finally find this air tag, then of course they she don't know where it came from. But I guess the frustrating part for her was nobody was like, "Oh, this is the process." There was no sense of urgency, or they didn't have no official process. All right, if you find this, this is what you do: A, B, C. We're gonna do X, Y, and Z, and we're gonna keep you notified. It was kind of like. Well, we don't know what to do, so deal and that's with it. the problem. Yeah. They don't. And the thing with Apple, like I don't know, and you you could probably answer this better, Terrence. Like at one point. You had between like 
four and 24 hours before you would get notified at all mm -hmm. that an air tag, an unauthorized air tag was there. They've shortened that, mm -hmm. but there's still a window. There's still a mm -hmm. pretty significant window where somebody could be stalking you before you even get the notification. Right. So, and yeah. um, that notification wasn't in the original. They had pushback and they were like, well, okay, well, to make things better, we're going to add this it. notification. Mm -hmm. yep. And then they said, okay, well, what about people who have Androids? And they get the, all right, so we'll add something for Android. So, yeah. They added an app for them. The, yeah. the fact that they added, Apple added an app for Android lets mm -hmm. you know that this is a pretty, it's a, it's a pretty it's big a deal. Mm -hmm. And it's you're seeing it, you know, all the time. And, uh, like you said, this airport didn't pay attention or, di or didn't really react necessarily, uh, in the way they should have reacted. Unfortunately, it's going to take something happening to someone who says something to the airport. It's mm -hmm. going to take something happening to someone who says something to authorities. And then after the facts, I even told y'all that this was happening. That I was, you know, somebody is stalking me. You didn't do anything. You sent me on my merry way. And then this happened. So what's going, you know, you know, how does the world work when that bajillion dollar lawsuit comes? Then of course it'll become a priority, uh, you know, for these organizations. And, and it's, it's, it's just the way, you know, the way that it is, you know, you would hope that people would be a little bit more proactive about making sure people are safe with these tiny little things. It's, you, literally somebody can just slip it in your pocket and you don't know what's there and they're, and they're following you around. And to just to reiterate from mm. the story, you know, turn your location data off, you know, wherever you're going, if you think you're going somewhere that, that is sensitive, just turn the location data off on your phone. Don't don't rely on whatever Google says they're doing to to delete that data because they shouldn't be saving it in the first place. So um, turn it off. OK, so y'all. So this next story, I actually I had to chuckle when I read this. Uh, my my wife actually uh, used to be a technical recruiter. And uh, I read her the headline and we will we start to kind of <laughs> chuckling about it. So the headline is that deep fakes are being used in job interviews. And the reason that we chuckled is like, it ain't a problem for us. It's like, we have a hard enough time to get jobs anyway. It's like, we, you know, the, the, <laughs> the, the fake deep fake is not the thing that I'm worried about right now. It's like, I'm just right. trying to, I, I want to get the, you know, the interview. Uh, but yeah, this, this is really interesting that, uh, there are hackers or scammers out there who are literally using deep fake technology to fake job interviews. They're actually being hired and, you know, the authorities believe the reason they're trying to be hired is that once they get into these systems or once they get into these organizations, they have access to these systems and can get data that they're trying to exfiltrate out of a, out of an organization. That, that is, that is a three dimensional hack right there. It's like you're going to mm -hmm. fake getting a job, get hired as, you know, as a, you know, a, a fictional, uh, you know, character that you've made up. Um, or maybe you've stolen somebody's identity, you get the job, you get the access, and then you're able to hack inside of a system. I, I just thought that that was like, wow, it's like they, they are really out there trying to get your data. Well, if you do the math, um, which one is harder? Is it harder to create this complex uh, technological piece of software that can manually or automatically download on some, uh, on a company server and then wait and then try to catch keystrokes and try to catch login credentials and then report that information back to the people who created it? Mm -hmm. Or would it be easier just to fake an employee, the employee right. have access and then you get that stuff off a thumb drive or send it in yeah, an email. Absolutely. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I was, I would assume if you can figure out how to successfully fake somebody, because again, on top of that, um, you know, people who work corporate jobs, 
they get have to go through those trainings every single year. And every single year throughout those trainings, the one thing that they say how information gets hacked is because somebody personally people because have got error. fished. They've gotten um, human uh, error. Right. Human pulled, error. Yeah. So mm-hmm. you take that and the hacker says, oh, so the way to get information out of a company is through a human. Let me fake a human right quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I was I was interested in seeing where else. Uh, this deep fake technology would go because, you know, we had seen it in, in porn and, you know, celebrity fakes and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I, I know there's going to be another nefarious iteration of this. Um, and so I think this is kind of the next wave of, of how the, how this technology is being misused. And there's, you know, tons of open source software online that'll do it. The interesting thing I, I, I saw, um, in one of the articles I was, uh, reading is they, they talk about how to spot it and usually lip syncing doesn't add up or the actual person faking will sneeze or cough and then you don't see the the face on the screen doing that. So you're like, okay, what's what's going on here? Um but AI that is used to detect deep fakes only works from between thirty to ninety seven percent of the time. Mm, so difference way down on on the 30 percent end like the 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 way to tell that this is not real is is still very very it it still does not work basically so if you don't have a a recruiter or a person on the other end of the line that's trained to be looking for those tiny little nuances in the fake like this and and as defakes get better this this could be a a real problem for a lot of companies Uh, so maybe maybe that's why elon musk wanted everybody to come back into office he was so concerned about <laughs> these deep fakes on these Could remote be. job interviews. Got a whole bunch of deep fake fo- folks <laughs> doing my work and, and infiltrating my my databases and whatnot. It could be because yeah, this definitely looks like it could it could become a, a real trend. Yeah, I was like I said, you know, I'm being I'm being very facetious and, and just joking around right now. But it's like, hey, could could you use this technology to actually help you get a job? Because Here's real issues for, uh, you know, for black and brown folks. If you have a name, it sounds like it's a black name. You Mm -hmm. may not even get past the person looking at the resume. That's right. um, To even get called. Uh, when you actually talk to that gatekeeper, if you, you know, like there's a thing, um, you know, in our community where we say you sound white or you're code switching so that you sound not necessarily like where you're from. Um, but, you know, there is like, you know, there's even studies out there. People will say that, you know, you know, the way black people talk shouldn't be considered like slang or anything, you know, or ebonics. It should literally be a dialect. Um, it is, is almost a language within itself. But the downside to that is that when you sound like you look like us, that can hinder you in getting jobs. That's so right. I'm just wondering, could you deep fake yourself so that you don't sound <laughs> like you sound I to get the interview? Would. I think there's because there are voice deep fakes as well as the video deep fakes. So, yeah, you, you know, just get that voice. I think that was um, if you ever saw that movie, Sorry to Bother You with Lakeith Stanfield, mm-hmm. that would there was a lot of that in there as far as the voice. He was like this customer service uh, representative on the phone and he he used his his white voice basically to become like the top seller in the company and you know get up on the other floors or whatever but it's a, it's a real thing and a real consideration for for people of color it, it really is i mean I'm, I'm i'm being you know honest my um you know so so my stepmom is from the south she's from uh you know from uh georgia columbus georgia 
So she has a Southern accent. Um, and she's a black woman and, and that's what she talks like. But I just remember as a kid when like, when she'd be on the phone talking business, yeah. I'm like, well, mama, where's she, where's she mm-hmm. how to talk like that? And it's like, it's like, it is a whole, who this woman? <laughs> it's a whole different person. Um, and it's, you know, and, and the term for that is, is code switching, but it, mm-hmm. it, it is a, it is a thing that we have had to do. And it's exhausting. It it is. It it is because it's like acting all the time. Mm -hmm. It is. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, you're you're not acting because you're an actor. You're acting because you're trying to just do your job um, or trying Trying to to get the job, trying to keep the job, as you say, trying to survive. And that was initially where I went to. Like I said, when I showed this to my wife, it was like we were both kind of chuckling about it because it's kind of funny when you think of it that way. But it really is not funny. It's a, it's a sad state that we today just, in 2022, that, you know, we, we still have stories of people who I, you know, I, I interviewed for a position or I tried to interview for a position and I used this name and I didn't get a call back. The same exact uh, you know, resume, all we did was put a name that doesn't sound uh, like it's from a, you know, for an African-American, you know, just put a very white sounding name on it um, and got through. And then you hear the stories about, oh, you know, I got through. But then when they when I sounded like I was, uh, you know, black, that kind of ended same, you know, went to the other person, started code switching and got further in the interview. We're talking about the same exact person at so the same company. Black folks need to start using deep fakes yeah. to get jobs. That's yeah. what you're saying. So, I mean, I I'm not saying I'm not saying <laughs> we're not <but>. recommending <laughs> duplicity on anyone's part. However, if you were thinking about it, it's places out there that can so, do it. <laughs> I'm just trying to find, you know, where are the bright spots in the tech stories we talk about? This deep fake is really not a great story, but it's like it could be great if I could use it to actually get hired. But I wasn't necessarily going to before. And, and if it, I'm working so. remote, you just never turn your camera on right. at the Zoom meetings. And mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. You could, you keep that keep that lie going. Let, let, let that happen on a grand scale. They're going to be like, yeah, we've uh, in- discovered this new technology that will quickly detect, detect uh, deep fakes and deep, will immediately. With 100% accuracy. Well, with 100% accuracy. Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can oh, you quick. imagine? Quick. Quick. <laughs> it probably would be so good that it would actually, if you were to tie it into facial recognition, could recognize like black men with the same accuracy as it can no white men. We know how to find y'all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah. So no, like I said, it's it's an interesting story. It's funny when you think about it certain ways, but it's just amazing. It's like, wow, you know, you, you've actually got scammers and hackers and folks out there trying to basically hustle, um, and get information that are using deep fake technology to actually get jobs, get hired, get into a system and then, and get the information that, that is, it is, is wild. But it's happening. So, we, you know, right. we have to be prepared. And they said and, a know. lot of them were using Fiverr and Upwork and sites like that yeah. um, to get in there, which I thought yeah. was really interesting as well, because I know a lot of people um, use those sites for recruiting and, and different things like that. So, yeah, keep your eyes peeled, y'all. So, y'all, um, do you still get uh, robocalls? Are they making them through to yes. your uh, cell phone? You still mm-hmm. getting that stuff? Most of the stuff I, I I usually will get the spam likely uh, indication and I won't answer it, but it's the text, which we will get into with the story. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, the calls, I usually get some sort of notification that it's likely as likely spam or, or something like that. Yeah, so I was just want to say on the calls. um I'm pretty good. Most, most, I don't want to say most of the time. Yeah, most of the time. More, more times than not, I will get the potential fraud or potential uh, spam coming up. 
But every now and again, one gets thrown. It's like, oh, they got me. Because what they'll do is no it, it's calling from some, so. sometimes, but I, I might be expecting another <laughs> call and it's a local number. So I just answer. It's like, oh, you know, that, that's, that's almost always the case. Yeah. But anyway, the story is that the FCC closes uh, the robocall loophole. So there is a I don't know if this is a law or if it's a guideline exactly how stir shaking um, is, but I just want to. So th- this is the acronym. It is stir hyphen shaken. Uh, and, and this is an acronym for and I'm going to go ahead and read this whole thing out because it's ridiculous how many words there are in the name of this thing. <laughs> but it is the secure telephone identity revisited and signature based handling of asserted information using tokens standard. <laughs> Why is there anything that is named that? Something <laughs> it's just like, but the yeah, the, uh, the acronym is stir shaking. It is. And essentially what this is, is that, so what the, you know, what the, you know, the government basically has done is said that if you are a big telecom company, um, you can't do certain things. You can't make certain types of calls to people without absolutely identifying who you are and what that call is for, which basically would eliminate, uh, you know, a deep fake. They can, or not a deep fake. They can eliminate a robocall. They can identify very easily from that. But the loophole is that if you are a company of under a hundred thousand, is it a hundred thousand, um, customers, customers. Mm-hmm. um, then this didn't apply to you. All of the robocall companies are using the, you know, using their technology on the systems that have under a hundred thousand. So basically it's like the law doesn't even exist. And what the loophole being closed is now they're saying any company, any telecommunication company has to uh, abide by the stir shaking, uh, guidelines. So hopefully when this stuff goes into, uh, you know, you know, when it gets fully implemented, we will see, you know, even fewer, uh, robocalls, uh, even fewer, uh, you know, um, you know, of these type of just spam calls that are coming to you. But Stephanie, I think you were going to go here. Uh, you know, how is this going to uh, work? with the text messages because that's where it does it not horrible. <laughs> it does horrible. not apply to text messages at all yet, I yeah. guess. Which totally defeats the purpose if you ask me. It really does. Yep. You can uh, say something, Terrence. No, I was gonna say um uh, the reason why I, I found this story was because my daughter, uh we have a rite of passage in our family. We we turn twelve years old, that's when you get a phone. So she just turned twelve <laughs> um just last month. So we got her the phone. And then, of course, I'm going into uh, IT tech mode and uh, the the cert, the wireless company that we go through. They have an app that helps you with robocalls and scams. Um, I, of course, sat her down and was like, look, don't answer no phone calls. Don't respond to no text messages. Don't click nothing from nobody that's not in your contacts. Of course, I went through her iPhone, made sure the family was in her contacts, make sure she knew if you've got friends that you message back and forth, they're in your contacts so you can recognize them. And then the last thing I did was I actually went to the do not call registry and registered mm-hmm. her phone number, you know, so you could, she could uh, stop some of these robocalls again. Cause I don't want, she's young. She's got a phone. She may get that message. And then that rush of, Oh, I'm important. Let me answer the phone call, whatever the case may be. I was trying to avoid that all together. So I went through all right. these e- efforts to uh, lock down her phone. And then even still, you know, she got her first little uh, robocall and this little text message. And she, of course, she being funny, but she's letting me know those things are coming through. And I'm like, Hey, ain't nothing we can do. So when nothing. I saw this message, I saw this story, I was like, okay, so they're helping out, but even still, they're still going to find a way through some shape, form or fashion. Like Stephanie, you mentioned with the text messages and just in life. Right. So I'll give you another analogy. Um, in our subdivision, 
when you come into the subdivision, there's a big sign that says no soliciting, right? So that's (laughs) supposed to stop the door-to-door salesman. That's supposed to stop all the people that's just randomly coming to your door, knocking on the door and trying to sell you services. Witnesses. Right. All that, that, right? But (laughs) the loophole for them is they, 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 they come to your door and they say, Hey, we've had some people in your neighborhood like your neighbors, people two doors down, across the street, whatever, they're getting some roof work, for example. And we just thought we'd let you know that we're in the area. So then that usurps the no soliciting because Mm -hmm. technically they're not soliciting. They are doing work in the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So allegedly, (laughs) allegedly, which they're not because I get, (laughs) I get straight ice grill when they come to the door and I get on their case about soliciting. But then I come to find out the loophole is, you know, they have to be doing work in areas. So the, the, the way to block that is to, you actually have to, I don't know if this works for every subdivision, but for us, you have to have a no soliciting sign on your property in order for them not to come around. So I don't mm-hmm. know to try to correlate that back to the original story. There are always going to be loopholes, but eventually <laughs> we're going to have to create some sort of technology that when somebody pings your phone with a robocall, it turns right back around with an automated message like, do not call my phone. <laughs> yeah, and and, and see, with this one too, it was like, you know, it, it, it didn't apply. To, it doesn't apply to text messages, which <laughs> most people like, that's my biggest issue. And they can still spoof domestic phone numbers. Mm-hmm. That was the thing. If it, if it looks like it's coming from a domestic phone number, it can still slide under this stir shaking radar. Mm-hmm. So all they have to do is spoof a domestic phone number, which most of them are doing anyway way to make you think mm-hmm. to your point rob that it was somebody you knew or something you know a business from your area that you were expecting a call from so i don't know this this seems very um very not a thing like i, I feel like somebody at, at the job somebody's brother-in-law who got their job because they were somebody's brother-in-law wanted to feel like they was doing something mm-hmm. and said well let's just you know uh toughen up stir shaking real quick and 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 this is what they came up with and and now they're patting themselves on the back for basically doing nothing i just say this it, it if it if it gets me one less of these calls <laughs> i'm for it i'm, I'm cool with it. i'm for it it's like you know <laughs> anything if it's going to make it better than what it is right now but you know like, it's Fair not enough. text messages it's uh it's just phone calls and so now what you got to start worrying about is like uh so i'm a heavy user of whatsapp messenger I'm getting spam on WhatsApp Messenger. Mm-hmm. See, um, you know, and now I do believe that Facebook, Meta, I should say, Meta will probably be more proactive in fixing this in their system than the government is going to be because what they're they want you to use their system because that's how they make money. Um, and if like I'm getting way too many spans on WhatsApp, I want to start using Telegram or and mm-hmm. not saying that Telegram doesn't have the issue, but I want to move the signal, I want to move this other thing. You you can't just you can't easily as do that you know you can't just as easily get rid of your phone number and go to another phone number um that that right. causes you uh you know a, a lot of issue so I would think that they're going to start working um uh, you know like Meta and and Google and you know these other companies Signal Telegram are going to start working on making sure that they you know um stamp down on the on the spam in their systems and maybe the stuff that they do the carriers can actually do. Cause it's just horrible. Um, my, uh, my, my youngest daughter who's getting ready to go off to college, uh, we, we've had some interesting conversations. So on her phone, um, like you, Terrence, when she got her phone, we had that thing completely locked down. You literally, if you were not in her address book, you couldn't call her. It would, you know, it would, you know, wouldn't even ring. Mm -hmm. 
um, you know, you know, her text, they would automatically, uh, you know, go to spam. I forget what application we had on there, but whatever app we had on there, if you wanted the address book, you simply could not contact her. And it wasn't a big thing for her because, you know, her generation, they don't really talk on the phone. They don't really even right. send um, text messages all that often. If it is, you know, uh, you know, she's on an iPhone, it's another iPhone user. They, they do use, uh, you know, iMessage, but her big application is Snapchat that, you know, that that's where she lives. She could care less about if she lost iMessage, it would be a minor inconvenience. If she lost Snapchat, it would wreck her world. So for her, she was never making phone calls. She was never sending text messages. Everything was in Snapchat. But now that she is, she is an actual adult. It's like, no, you don't put my number in there. Put your number in there when you're signing up for this thing. Um, like, no, you know, your school's not going to notify us. They're going to notify you. You need to put your number in these things. She started putting her number in more, you know, just using it in more places. And all of a sudden now, and it's, it's, it's amazing how quick it is. This just started happening in the April, May, June timeframe. And she now is like the rest of us. She gets, you know, just constant, you know, um, you know, constant spam messages just coming in day, you know, day and night. It is just like, no, I don't need new tires. No, I don't need a new warranty on a car. I don't own. No, I don't, I don't need to update the refrigerator warranty. You just all these things that come in. It's like, no, no one's like, why are you answering? Well, for her, it's a new thing. It's like, oh, because it rang. It's like, whenever my phone rings, I answer it. And it's like, she's learning now. It's like, oh no, I can't do that. I have to be more uh, diligent about who is actually calling and, you know, maybe getting a, you know, a better, uh, spam blocker on the phone. Hey, these companies ain't loyal. Hey, Terrence, They'll sell your I, data hot second. Terrence, I wanted to ask you real quick. Um, this is total sidebar. Um, in addition to all of that stuff um, that you did for your daughter's phone, are you going to be using any parental control software? Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. That's the off the top. So not uh, third party. But mm-hmm. the reason why I like Apple is because they have the screen time and right. you can lock down the phone to where she can, she has to ask. So it's not even have to ask. Like when she tries to download an app. It sends me a message and says, right. your daughter is requesting to download this. Will, is it cool? And then I right. have to approve and then it, you know, asks for my verification and then it lets her through. So yeah, I've locked down her phone using Apple's built in parental controls that, uh, tracks, you know, how long she's on the phone, you know, on certain apps and sends mm-hmm. out reports. It, you know, blocks to where she can only visit a certain amount of websites and I can whitelist and blacklist certain websites. Yeah. So right. I locked all that down. Because we had already had that in place for her tablet because she's had an iPad and we had all that stuff locked down. So when I handed her phone, it transferred all that. But then in addition right. to that, since this is a phone, then I got to jump through the extra steps of you right. know, contacting messages and, you know, DMs and things like that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I, I actually remember Terrence uh, asking you when I got my daughter her iPhone. If, if there was an easy way to do it. Mm-hmm. And your suggestion was, but just get you an iPad mini. So you can at least be in the ecosystem and it's, you know, it's just built into the operating system. So you sent me like documentation on how to actually get mm-hmm. that done. And it does work pretty well. Like I said, you know, when my daughter, when she got her first iPhone, we locked it down. Um, and I would recommend it's like, you know, you should be locking down, you know, Stephanie, you can say this as well. It's like, you should be locking down your kid's phone. You shouldn't just give them mm-hmm. unfettered access to the internet at, at, all. at no. you know, uh, 10, 11, 12 years old. That's there's, there's just way too much stuff out there for them to be getting into. You need to know about it. I hear people say, Oh, well, you're getting to their privacy. It's like, 
Mm, nah, you, 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 you I don't, cross that bridge no. when I get there, Jack. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. <laughs> like, that's not really a, a, a the, the priority consideration at that point when you're talking ten years old with a whole computer yeah. in their back pocket. Mm-hmm. Like their and safety that, is the priority. And as they get older, like I said, I have a 14 year old daughter as well, and she's getting a little older. So we, based on her track record, mm-hmm. based on how she performs. We kind of lower the restrictions a little bit and we give her more stuff. Like she turned 14. I let her have a, um, um, a cash app account. And then even okay. with that, I'm like, all right, well, blah, 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 and break it down. Right. But as they get older, they get a little bit more privacy. And that's all I try to tell parents. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like this yeah. is an ongoing thing. You mm-hmm. know, it's too many parents that just, like you said, at 10 or 11, they just hand over this, this, this powerful device and that's it. You never had a conversation before they got the phone. You never, you've never revisited any sort of conversation after that. Like this has to be ongoing from the time before you decide they're ready for a phone until they are 18 years old. Mm -hmm. This has to be an ongoing thing that gets revisited regularly and often. And everybody has input into what is getting done and, and what sort of restrictions and things are, are, are being put in place and you know i just i i applaud you terrence for continuing to i mean because you know you know what i mean and and it's a lot of parents that are like i just don't understand i'm like well then you gotta learn and you gotta gotta learn you gotta you gotta make that effort to to really learn and understand what your kids are doing because it's it really truly is the wild wild west out here on the on these internet streets and it's not because i don't trust my kids i don't trust nothing to do with that (laughs) that's right it's like that's right i've i've been saying this for years when you think about the internet, it is the most useful uh, tool on the planet. I mean, it, it is so useful. It is as useful as a will is to a wheelbarrow. It's like you could you can find anything on the internet. But when you think of the internet, it is the most horrible thing the in the world. It's like you can find <laughs> anything on there. And it's like I don't exactly. want my eleven year old looking at this um, it's absolutely because dangerous. I I was going to trust. Someone, it's like if the government doesn't trust you at eleven, why should parents trust you at eleven? It's like you're not ready people. to start making them adult decisions at that age. So I strongly recommend locking that stuff down because it's it easier is. to to not have to deal with it when they're eleven and deal with it when they're sixteen as compared to having to deal with them when they're eleven because they saw something you didn't think that they were going to figure out how to find out how to see. And so. I've talked to enough parents in my life at this point to know that there are far too many of them out there that are just leaving this to the kids and, mm-hmm. and leaving it in their hands and saying, I, I just don't understand anything about that. But she, she always has that phone in her hand. We don't bother her because she just gets upset when we try to take it. And, and, and it's just, we don't, it's not even worth the fight. And, you know, they've just literally given up. They've literally thrown their hands up and given up. And yeah. I'm like, this is your child. This yeah, is like, your child, you know, you and, and when give them keys the to next time somebody, the next time a, 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 a boy shoots up a school because he got indoctrinated because he was on Reddit, you know, 12 hours a day falling down the rabbit hole of extremism, you know, threads, then what? You know, mm-hmm. are you literally throwing your hands up and, and putting other people's children at risk? Because that's what's happening out here right now. And it's just it just it's so frustrating because you can't tell them. You just got to be a better parent. You know, <laughs> right. That's what I'd be wanting to tell them. Like you got, yeah. you got, I don't know what to tell you besides be a better parent, but you, you try to give them the tips and the encouragement that they can do it and empower them without telling them be a better parent. You don't want to, you know, question nobody's parenting skills, no. but parents, y'all got to get involved. Y'all got to no. get involved. That's so, it. You know, I say this all the time. Parent is a noun, but it's also a verb. Absolutely. It's also a verb. You have to do things as a parent. You have to do stuff. 
Right. It is so crazy. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Let's get into this uh last story. Um, you know, with TikTok. It isn't um and you know, basically the FC or not the FCC. Yeah, the FCC. The FCC <laughs> is basically saying that they want Google and Apple to pull TikTok off of their uh platforms, off of their app stores. Is it the eighth? Is it like is it this Friday? I, I think it's this week when they <laughs> when they want this done. It's pretty quick and in a hurry. It's coming up. <laughs> but uh it just it just raises questions about uh you know, about TikTok. TikTok is different than Meta, is different than Snapchat, is different than, you know, uh, you know, some of the, the these American uh, social networks. This is based out of China. <laughs> they just they roll different there. So and it's, it's like not, basically nothing happened. Nothing really changed from mm-hmm. when Donald Trump got on his TikTok soapbox back when he was still president wanting to ban it because of the Chinese ties. You know, ByteDance is a Chinese company, mm-hmm. um, Beijing based. Um, and, you know, China's a communist country, obviously. And there's a lot more controls over how they can request data, you know, from companies there and what they can do with that data, yada, yada, yada. And it was a big deal back then and 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 TikTok had agreed to do a, a few different things uh one of which was store US data on US servers in the US geographically physically in the United States um and then put some sort of controls in place about how the Chinese employees of the company could access that data or or not as the case might be um and 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 then there was what at one point Walmart was supposed to be buying TikTok or there was like Walmart, a whole lot of stuff yeah, that went a, on yeah, yeah. Microsoft um, was involved, you know, yeah. a whole bunch. Nope. apparently, you know, BuzzFeed did another expose because I think they were the one that did the first one um, that said that none of that stuff has really happened and that Chinese employees still have full access to American user data um, as 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 of as of January of this year. Um, and, and all of this stuff took place in 2019. So as, as of January of this year, they still got all our data <laughs> or can get it pretty easily. Um, so so that's kind of the thing is like, oh, our data, our data, our data. I mean, I don't know that that's as a big a deal as as people think it is, because, you know, the article, one of the articles uh, referenced the fact that the data that they have, they can buy again from data brokers for mm-hmm. a price because they're collecting that data anyway. Um, they talked about the bigger issue uh, might be the algorithm manipulation. Um, so we get 
those echo chambers that rile us up with misinformation to do the kind of things that mm-hmm. we're doing in this country right now. So I don't know that the data is a, is a big a deal as, as they're trying to make it out to be. And the thing, another thing that the story that uh, we put in the um, thing mentions, you know, about the U.S. and all that hot when it comes to collecting data at all, you know, so <laughs> it's like, is this the pot calling the kettle, kettle black? And then Absolutely. another, and then another no, thing, I, which is, let, let me use up. a different colloquialism. Is it like the snowflake calling the chalk white? Hypocrisy <laughs> <laughs> is strong in this one. <laughs> and then the other one is, you know, um, it's kind of hypocritical for the United, not hypocritical, but it goes to that same statement of, you know, the U.S. taking something, taking our liberties in the name of protection. Is that That's something right. that the United States wants to mess around with? You know, they've United States has kind of been kind of off, especially when it looks at other stuff like guns and things of that nature. You know, it's like, what's the U.S. track record on? Do we really want to go down this rabbit hole of taking people's liberties and now you can't download and, this app now you can't download that app right you know? and then where mm-hmm. do you draw the line and yada 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 and that's debatable right but at the same time it's like you know the united states ain't squeaky clean in this thing to be at all. pointing pic- pictures at china you know but even still like i said my kids are on tiktok you know so after this came out and i did a little research i sat down with him i'm like look again be careful about who you talk to what you share if you're just on there browsing, that's fine. But if you're if you're going to be creating content, if you're going to be putting up posts, you got to be mindful about all this stuff because people are watching. That's right. You asked a question, Terrence, in our discord where basically, you know, you, you, you linked to this story. And it's like, so y- are y'all deleting TikTok or not? Nah? No. And the interesting thing was that now, now this is probably part nature of who listens to the tech job. My gut tells me if I, if we were to go do a listener survey, it's probably older millennials. Um, and you know, in our generation, uh, you know, th- that are listening to this, you know, what's our generation called? Gen- generation, uh, generation X. I don't know. Keep up, I don't keep up with that. I can't stuff. remember what we are. I think, it's, I think we're, I think we're X, but uh, you know, and then older. So our generation are really the ones who are, on TikTok in the first place. Uh, most of us who are looking at TikTok aren't even looking at it on TikTok. We see it on Instagram and on Facebook just because people have replayed the stuff there. And you get just as sucked in, but you're not actually uh, looking at the TikTok video because every time you want to like go look at a comment, it's like, oh, you need to install this app that you don't have installed. So there's that. But this, you know, TikTok is huge. I mean, it is the number one trafficking website on earth right now. It is the, uh, you know... Um, you know, the most used app right now. Um, and I mean, when you think about that, there is a website that gets used more than YouTube, a website that gets used more than Google, that, that really should, you know, kind of open your eyes up to just how many people are on TikTok, uh, you know, every day and how long they're actually on, on that service. So, uh, Stephanie, you're absolutely right. This may need not be about the data they're collecting. This may be about just the manipulation of the data that you're seeing. You know, the we're going to put this story in front of you over and over and over again. That's and right. And then, you know, what you're watching becomes your reality. And we already know that this is the case. It's like, you know, you can say that there, there are, there are generally, you know, you know, people that we would say, I may not agree with you philosophically on a lot of things, but I, I, I tend to believe you are a rational person until I see you 
doing and saying some of the things that you're doing because you've just been hit over the head repeatedly, you know, over and over and over and over again with these messages to where you're now starting to believe the things that aren't true, that are verifiably, uh, you know, uh, you know, you, you can actually go look at documentation. You can look at videos of things that you're thinking that are happening that are not actually happening. It's and just you're because. Very- You've seen it on video. You're over very, and over again. you're a very positive person, Rob. Because I think the well, exact, I try to be. I think I, the I try exact, to balance y'all out. He's a very benefit of the doubt type. I of, think type the of exact dude. opposite. I'm like, I think everybody's an idiot until they prove me otherwise. Hey, listen, <laughs> and the, the, honestly, you know, the reason I, I wanted to talk about this today, um, you know, people going to be on TikTok. No one's getting off of TikTok. No, um, no. they're not going to ban TikTok either because TikTok is pumping way too much money into everybody's pockets. Mm-hmm. You know, across the board, politicians, advertisers, whoever. Blah, blah, I just blah, saw blah. that Cobby Lame is getting $90,000 per a post. sponsored post. Right. 90 but grand a not, post. But he's still not the highest paid, even though he has the most. Not, not even close. Yeah, not even close. But 90 G still ain't nothing to shake a stick it at. Ain't so. nothing, it ain't nothing. It ain't, I ain't mad at it. However, what I wanted to talk about was mm. creators and what mm-hmm. creators need to be doing because we flock to these platforms. Everybody wants to be a creator or influencer these days. And these platforms are shaky and unstable at best. You know, at any point, TikTok can go away at it because maybe this ban will happen and maybe the FCC will get their way and TikTok now is banned in, in the U.S. and the United States takes steps to, you know, ban it from ban you from being able to access it on your phone, whatever the case may be. Instagram mm-hmm. could go away tomorrow. Facebook could go away tomorrow. You know, Twitter could go away tomorrow. And now that we do have a legitimate and established creator economy in this country where this is how people actually make their livings, I wanted to talk about what else you could be doing besides so just social media because i looked up there Mm. i was reading some other um accompanying uh articles with this 43.3 percent of creators do not use anything other than social platforms Mm -hmm. to to put their content and that's insane you know what I mean? So I just really wanted us to kind of just throw ideas out there for people who want to be creators, who claim to be creators. And and I've, I put myself in this category because I've had to do a major, major overhaul of of my business as a creator. You know what I mean? And, and what I'm doing mm-hmm. and what I'm offering and where I live and where my content lives and how you can get at me and everything else. And and I think that's the first thing. And I'll, I'll, I'll turn it over to you guys after this. But the first thing creators need to do is start thinking of yourself like a business. I, I don't think mm-hmm. enough creators do that, you know, because they're so creative and they can just come up with a dance on the, on the spot and put it out there. You're not really thinking of yourself as a business and thinking about how to scale that business, uh, especially if you wanted these 43.3% that's only on social media platforms. So, you know, I would say that was the first thing, but I would be curious to hear, you know, some tips that you guys have about what creators could be doing outside of social media. Right. And so to add on to that, and I don't mean to uh, direct, but um, at the same time, another thing that creators can think about, because again, I have a 12 year old and she's trying to get a YouTube page, YouTube page, mm-hmm. bug me, bug me for a YouTube page for the past year. Again, now it's all right. Now you're a little bit more responsible. Now you can have the YouTube page. And what I mm-hmm. saw her doing as a creator is not necessary. I wouldn't call it being creative, but what she's doing is she's looking and seeing what everybody else is doing from the titles from the content 
from the language, from the words, from the music that she that she's selecting. And it's like she's copying and pasting. Oh. And I'm and I'm trying to tell her, I'm like, look, if your video or your content looks like everybody else's, what is going to make somebody come to you for the information? So you have to figure out how to do something that makes yourself different. So the That's point right. to that is the algorithm. Everybody it, the, the echo chamber is like, are you, you're only seeing one type of content. So at the, so as a result, you're only, that's what you think is going to it's make you money. Popular. It's going to mm-hmm. make, you know, make you this influencer when all in actuality, you're just repeating the same old things that everybody else is doing. That doesn't mm-hmm. make you stand out. So to that, to me saying that is you have to, the other, my other suggestion, Stephanie is you have to own your own content. So what Mm -hmm. I talked to my daughter was, it's okay. You have to one, make yourself stand out. And number two, everything that you upload, you have to make sure you have a copy of it. So I I got ownership right here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, all right. So (laughs) what I did for my daughter is I found her a little, I had a, a little uh, hard drive sitting around. So I bought her a little uh, enclosure and I taught her, I'm like, look, if you upload this to YouTube, you make sure you have a copy of it. On your hard drive, if you upload mm-hmm. something to any place else, you make sure you have a copy of it because if something happens and your YouTube page gets deleted or the video don't get uploaded right or whatever, you organize your stuff to where you can put it uh, put it on YouTube or if, if YouTube uh, strikes you down because some sort of content or whatever that you don't believe is true, you or can YouTube take just goes away. YouTube you might t- go away tomorrow. You can take that video and put it someplace else. But if you are only uploading your information to TikTok, for example, since we're using that as, as example, and you don't keep it or you don't put it someplace mm-hmm. else, then they own your content. And if they That's decide right. to delete it or your mm-hmm. account goes away, you've lost all that information. So my, my suggestion would be to own your content. Amen. Terrence, to your point, I just got a new Samsung T7 SSD for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Why? Because my T5 is about 80% full with what? Um, 42 episodes of the Tech John. 42, uh, not 42, I think it is 30, um, 36 after parties for the Tech John. 35 live streams for the Tech John. These files are huge. I mean, they're mm-hmm. two gigabytes, you know, um, you know, you know, two, three gigs in size for each one of them. You know, um, that stuff fills up. But there is no way on earth that I want to just leave them, um, you know, in, uh, in, in Dropbox because Dropbox could go away. And then, and then what do I have that, you know, even though I'm paying for a service to have that data there, got to have it in some kind of cold store somewhere mm-hmm. else just so That's that j- just right. in case something happens, people can get, get back to it all the time, right. you know, and then, and then start thinking about other ways to monetize. Mm-hmm. So what here, here's do. the. Here's the one thing that I wanted to say that I think okay. every creator uh, should do more of, and we should even do more of this, uh, you know, here on this show. But you have to have an email list. We we don't generally think yes. of email as social media, but it really is almost the first social media, and it's the one that you have the most control of. When a uh, you know when one of your viewers rocks with you enough to actually. Yes. Uh, here's my email address. I want to make sure I'm getting updates of when you're doing, you know, more and more stuff. That is super valuable and it's way more valuable than a follower on a social platform because Absolutely. here's the thing. When you're talking about social media, 
Um, you're talking about like Facebook, you're talking about Instagram, you're talking about TikTok. There are algorithms that control what people see. Um, and when they see it, you don't have control of that, but you do have control of sending your email out. Now you can't just make somebody open up your email, but if you have a decent open rate uh, on your email, here's what you know. You know that if you uh, have a thousand people on your email list, and that's, that's a small number. You have a thousand people on your email list and you have a 35% open rate. You know that every time you send an email out, you're going to have 350 people, um, who are going to, you know, who, who have seen your email. More importantly, you know, which of those 350 people, why? Because if you've got a decent uh, email, um, you know, marketing system on the back end, it's going to tell you this person opened the email, this person opened the email, That's you right. know what people are actually vibing with uh, inside of email. You have no clue to those kind of metrics when you're talking about somebody liked my Instagram post, somebody right. liked my tweet. You have no idea who uh, you, you can see who did it, but you don't necessarily get any insight into why they did it. Right. So and, and, I, and if not email, um, because there's some people like <laughs> I got too many emails, if not email, then text message. If not text message, then something. a social media platform yeah. like Discord. Like you mentioned, Rob, yeah. we don't we don't have email, but, but we do have Discord yeah. to where right. we can reach out to our people directly. Your own list and is people do your own people thing. Us up. Right. We have you know we have folks who rock with us on our Discord who are literally you guys should talk about this. Then we talk about that on an upcoming show. Or here's what I thought about this thing you talked about. That is absolutely happening inside yeah. of our communities that we actually have control over. And again, to your point about owning your own properties, if you ain't got a website, what are you even doing at this point? You know right. what I mean? Websites are free to set up. They they don't require a ton of technical skill to do. They're they're literally just plug and play on Wix or or, or some other uh, platform like that. Like that. So right. you know it it really is um incumbent upon if like i said this is not these are not things that we expect you to have out the box you know maybe you're you're building a following on some social platform but eventually if you claim to want to have a career as a content creator these are the things you need to be doing and and again you just need to be thinking of yourself as a business and how is that business going to scale so once you get that website once you're collecting those emails then that weekly newsletter or that bi-weekly newsletter can go out you can you can have sponsored posts inside that newsletter. So brands that sponsor their information in your newsletter that is of interest to your audience, ebooks, online courses, swag, speaking again, like it, it the, the 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 world opens up uh, once you really start thinking of yourself as a business and and thinking about how you scale the business with products that um, extend beyond just your content. And I, and right. I just want people to to start really developing that mindset because again we're talking about TikTok today, but tomorrow it could be Instagram, the next day it could be YouTube, the next day it could be Facebook. Like all of these platforms are 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 by and large ephemeral. You know what I mean? Look at MySpace. There was a bunch of people that was that mm -hmm. was huge on MySpace. Huge. Look at Vine. A bunch of people were huge stars on Vine that you've never heard of again and because translate. one of Vine went away. And it didn't Periscope. translate to people other properties were huge either. On Periscope. Just, just because you think you are a content creator but you just so happen that most of your creation and your feedback comes from TikTok. You think, okay, well, mm -hmm. if TikTok go away. I'll just jump on something else. It may not translate. It's not necessarily that easy. Yeah, it's not necessarily that easy. It is not so, that easy. 
So, so that I'll, just I'll, is my plea to creators right now. And it's tough because, you know, these young kids or these people, you know, they see the money, they see somebody else's success and they like, all right, well, let me just chart. And they see going viral and, and it seems right. cool and everything, but no. And what, what what drives me crazy and I'll, I'll be, I'll be done is when I'll be on Twitter and I'll see something go viral. And then now the popular thing is, I don't know if it's now, but it maybe it's been for a while is you go viral. And then all of a sudden now you got, oh, you put your let, SoundCloud let in me there. promote my whatever, whatever, right. whatever. Like, and oh, it's, I didn't think this was going to blow up. Yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> right. SoundCloud. Yep. Right, right. Yep. Instead, of, instead of you focusing on making the content go viral, people are focusing on going viral and then trying to back in that with the content, which which goes against my original point is like, if you're a creator, you have to figure out a way to be creative and just copying trends, following everybody else and find your niche Mm -hmm. because doing Mm -hmm. what everybody else is doing, it may work for one time. It may work for a little bit, but ultimately can you call yourself a creator if all you're doing is copying and pasting? It's not sustainable at all as a business. So I want to wrap this part of our conversation up with this. Um, if you are interested in any of this social media stuff, you can sign up for the Tech John Creator Court. No, I'm just <laughs> you know what? You I have a course, y'all. Like, I'm almost about to say that. I'm gonna say it like I'm this: You're talking to three. You're talking to three OGs who have been doing this collectively for decades. Mm-hmm. We ain't saying we got all the answers. But we've seen things. We we know how Listen, some of this works. My so, bills get paid every month. Exactly. So hit us up in our Discord. How can you get to our Discord? Head over to patreon.com forward slash the tech john. That is the tech J-A-W-N. And you can sign up to any one of our tiers over there, all of which get you access to our private Discord server. So if you want to talk about the social media stuff and how you can actually capitalize on it, we'll have conversations in our Discord about it. Come hit us up over there. And And maybe we should start doing like maybe put it in one of the tiers on the on the Patreon, like ask ask the tech John so people can ask a question and we'll do a a video response to it. Oh, absolutely. On Patreon. I I think we should, you know, you said we got decades of experience between the three of us. We should start sharing that with with people who subscribe to to the Patreon. So, yeah, ask ask the tech, John. So, yeah, we will definitely do that. So once again, I just threw that out there. We didn't agree on. No, no, no. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. We've been trying to figure out out how to get this discord popping. So let's start having conversations people want to have. If you want to talk to us about social media, come to uh, our our discord um, via our Patreon and we can get there. So once again, that is patreon.com forward slash the tech John or the tech John.com forward slash Patreon. Either one will get you there. Mm hmm. So, y'all, we are at the end of the show, and we usually do a spotlight. We're going to do a little bit of a special spotlight this week. Um, in lieu of uh, it being uh, Independence Day today as we're recording this, um, I didn't want to just go try to find a uh, a 4th of July tech story. What I want to do is send you over to uh, Fed- Frederick Douglass's speech. This is arguably uh, his most famous speech. It's basically, what to the slave is the 4th of July? I put a link in our show notes to a YouTube video where it is James Earl Jones actually reading this speech. It is it is awesome. There's two speeches that when I hear them, I pretty much stop what I'm doing and listen to them in their entirety, if at all possible. That is going to be Martin Luther King's um, I Have a Dream speech and uh, James Earl Jones' 
uh, or really anybody read anybody with a deep voice reading uh, this. What to the uh, you know what to the slave is the Fourth of July. It is um, one of uh, Frederick Douglass's best. So because of copyright and all that kind of stuff, I can't actually play it at this point of the podcast. So I'm just going to put a link to it, and I just recommend anybody go listen to it um, and just listen to the words because he recorded it. Recorded. He actually you know delivered this speech. I believe it was back in 1852. So it's 170 years old at this point, and it is still, still as apropos today as it was back then. And still so, relevant. Still relevant. So, y'all, with that, we can go ahead and get up out of here. So, uh, Tech Life Steph, why don't you tell the folks about what's going on with you and how they can get to you? Yeah, there's some new stuff going on. So um, you may all be familiar with my 60-second tech break on a, on the socials. Uh, I will be expanding that for the QVC HSN streaming channel and bringing you the 10-minute tech break every week on Thursday. The first one drops this Thursday. Uh, I, I, I don't know when they drop their new content, but it'll be on the platform by Thursday, um, the 7th. And every Thursday afterwards, there'll be a new 10-minute tech break. Um, I believe QVC has just rebranded that streaming platform to call it QVC Plus. Um, so if you go to your Roku or, or wherever, you know, your smart television and, and download the QVC Plus app, um, you should be able to see it. So yeah, I hope people will check out, check it out. Give me some feedback. I'm always taking questions uh, that you might want to see answered in the uh, 10 minute tech break. So feel free to hit me up at Tech Life Steph all around the web. And you can find me everywhere around the web as well at Brother Tech. That's B-R-O-T-H-A, not E-R, Brother Tech. <laughs> <laughs> and I am at Rob Dunwood on all the things. And we are also at The Tech John on all the things. So come and check us out there. But once again, I'm just going to reiterate this. If you are interested in having conversations with us about tech and particularly this episode about social media, and how you can use it more effectively, hit us up on Patreon. Come over to our Discord, and we'll talk with you all day long on that stuff. So with that, folks, until we meet in a week's Didn't time. we have a raise? I see something on our Oh, good looking team. out. We, we I'm glad give, you, I'm we glad give you give caught it. So, yeah, we actually had a raise this week. So I want to give a shout-out to Brian Scott. Brian Scott's been rolling with us, I think, now for nine months. So he is an OG. He's been supporting the show for a while and decided to give us a raise. So definitely want to make Thank sure, you, you know, good catch Tech Life Steph for uh, making sure we did not uh, overlook Mr. Brian Scott. So with that, y'all, we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Everybody enjoy. Well, it's you listening to this on the on the fifth, but we're about to go enjoy our uh, our cookouts that we're going to on this Independence Day. So with that, till we meet again in a week's time. Peace. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.